0: Hey guys, welcome back to the OPD podcast with Joe and Austin. We have a special guest this week. It was a last minute lineup. big Tom Evans, you guys know Tom, the man that needs no introduction um, and he wants to talk about a, a surprising topic today right you want to dig you want to dig into something maybe a bit taboo it, do I <laughs> <laughs> thought you were going to talk us through your um your um androgen fueled um, sexual preferences, or something like
1: that. All I suggested we talk do a podcast on sex.
0: <laughs> I think it's a good one. Is,
1: is that what is that what we're doing now, though?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did, that.
1: that wasn't clear to me. But we can we can absolutely talk about sex.
0: Let's do it, man. I don't think it's a topic we've ever covered.
1: I think it's really really interesting in the performance enhanced community that it's not talked about more uh because you come across a lot of people with sexual dysfunction but uh the the kind of the point i think of uh, a lot of people starting out bodybuilding is to probably get more sex right Mm. Yeah. Well, on some level, right? <laughs> some the, look better, look more confident, meet you know more partners or or whatever, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You could
2: you could say PEDs are responsible for two things on the opposite end of the spectrum: a lot of infidelity and a lot of erectile dysfunction.
0: <laughs> I think the interesting thing with that as well is most guys get into using especially not higher doses of tests because they want to have crazy sexual experiences and then more times than not, they end up with the opposite.
1: Yeah. I thought it would be really interesting to talk about some of the scenarios that, uh, you know, the guys come across Mm -hmm. um, typically and uh, maybe some of your thoughts on uh, like why some of those things might be occurring. And uh, what they might do to stop them occurring, and uh, also some of the fun stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like it, man.
1: So, okay, cool, cool. But I don't want to. I don't want to lead the podcast. I'm not. A, I'm not a sex performance enhancement expert.
0: I, I think that's what Austin details himself as on most consultations. <laughs> yeah, that's that's in my, uh, it's in my
2: bio and my email sexual performance expert that's what really happens in the barn the barn yeah my it's <laughs> funny because my uh, my dad came over because he stores some stuff in there and he said it looked like an s chamber in my barn <laughs> yeah those <children laughs> aren't, for,
0: aren't for dips bro.
1: you've got a, <laughs> it, does, uh, it does seem like a, a little bit of a dungeon feel it does It. it has that
2: it definitely uh has that vibe. But um yeah, so I think one thing one thing that's maybe worth mentioning, um, and I think this attracts not only just enhanced, but any any bodybuilder is the fact that I don't want to make this sound like narcissistic or uh but but I mean you're you're typically dealing with people that are physically fit, right? So they're they're more attracted to one another because they're physically fit. That's not to say that that's not to say that like people that aren't fit don't have weird sexual preferences or a lot of sexual experiences, obviously. But like when you see, you think about things like different lifestyles that people might have or different experiences that people might have. Typically if somebody's considered physically more attractive, then they're going to have a, more of an opportunity for these things to be presented to them. You know what I mean? Because there's a lot of things that people might um, people might think about or might fantasize about or this and that, but they're never actually presented with the opportunity because they're just maybe not that appealing to other people.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Sure, sure. You know, you 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 so you're saying that I mean it's it's like physical, physique peacocking, right? Right,
0: yeah,
2: and I don't, like I said, I don't want it to sound, um, I don't want anyone to take that negatively, obviously, but that's just kind of the, I mean, if you think about people that have different lifestyle preferences, uh, maybe they have multiple partners or open relationships or whatever, I would venture to say that they are typically going to be presented with more opportunity. If they have certain physical features, right, that are going to yeah. be, uh, you know, that's just going to open them up to more of that possibility,
1: right? I mean, I think if you fit into um, what what is, let's say, considered uh, beautiful in society or attractive in, in society, it's like a uh, a trend or whatever, because that that changes, doesn't it? It's quite interesting to look at um, how um, sort of population demographics um like their their body measurements uh differs you know in terms of like historically you know like you had the rubenesque female um you know and then uh you had like skinny model and uh you know these kind of uh influences of what is beautiful starts to affect the whole population and then you see like facebook has this like massive impact on uh yeah, the the size of a woman's butt right I think if you could measure um the average size of a woman 's butt uh, right now it would be bigger than i don't know twenty years ago mm. something like that but and that's because of like a a social influence right so i yeah. think if you if you fit into that 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 sort of general spectrum, you definitely would be more likely to meet more potential sexual partners it's, it's giving you an easier path right and one of the one of the things i noticed is that as i gained more size shall we say i actually moved out of that spectrum into like a, a more extreme spectrum
0: yeah that's what i was so,
1: like I, I used to meet more more, more women that would um, show interest and now it's like not so often but the women that are interested are really interested because they're interested in like a more extreme look. Right. Yeah. It's niche. Yeah. Right. I've become, (laughs) I've become niche.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you definitely, you definitely see it happen, but I mean, I think there's also, and we're, we're kind of stuck. A lot of us are kind of stuck within this community. So we might not pay a lot of attention outside of it, but you see, like, I feel like there's probably a lot more of that niche or fetish or like different things going on within this that just because we have extreme looking bodies like, you know, bigger men or, you know, like a, people that might like a muscular woman, for example, like you're just not going to run oh, into yeah. these types of thing in normal society because you just don't like how many I could walk. Uh, in any public place, and I'm—I probably wouldn't see one person that I would consider, you know, like a that looks like a bodybuilder. Mm. Maybe one, you know what I mean? It's not. It's just not like we're in our world, and we see that there's so many bodybuilders within our world. But if you actually walk out in public, there's not that many.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know what I mean? It's not. It's not the norm, but. <laughs> but then there's all kinds of, uh, like, I know, you know, I know plenty of people that aren't in this lifestyle, but all the people that I know that have alternative sexual lifestyles are within bodybuilding. I don't know any outside of it that are, that have those preferences.
0: Yeah. At all. So this kind of came up in our, um, in mine and Tom's and Christian's group chat the other day where we were so somehow someone got talking about CrossFit. Oh yeah, someone was saying that CrossFit women were really attractive. And then we, we were talking about, um, you know, being realistic to the average woman. The CrossFit male physique as a whole is much more attractive than the bodybuilder physique. Because I think for a large demographic, and I'm not speaking for every woman here, that there are certain evolutionary traits that we can't get away from that women are naturally sexually attracted towards in terms of who is best suited as a mate. So they want power, you know, strength, stability, to some degree. Um, I don't think we'll ever be able to completely get away from that. But when you see bodybuilder, it's almost like we're so far past that that we're almost removed from it, you know? Like, imagine Marcus Rule. Do you look at him and think, oh, he's a powerful, stable man, or do you look at him like, what the fuck, this guy's got something wrong with him?
1: (laughs) I don't want to picture Marcus Rule having a go on me. <laughs> no. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's true. So, at like, I guess, at what,
2: at what point do you cross that line? Um, and I, I noticed something similar in that the bigger, the the more muscular that I get, the more uh, you just get a different reaction, right? Just yeah. in general. Just oh, in general, to, like you're going to, yeah, I mean, it, and it's not just sexually, it's just in general, you walk, you just get a different reaction altogether. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I can walk around in a, I walk, I wear a lot of baggy shirts and stuff, but you know, if I'm pretty lean and it's close to show and you, you know, you're pulling out with veins and just like, you know, people, you just don't get like, that's just not normal. People yeah. don't react to that normally. And, and it's going to be the same with, you know, same with sexual partners. Like how many women are going to preference, preference that? Probably not a lot.
0: It's an interesting point. It's similar to, to men with tattoos, I think, because there's a, there's a stigma to a degree um, where somebody might look at you because of your musculature and find you threatening on the surface. But then at the same time, there are a subset of women that like that, you know, and are sexually attracted to, something a little bit more extreme or even using the word danger
1: do you do you guys feel like because of your appreciation of what goes into bodybuilding maybe because you've been around it for quite a long time that what you that has influenced what you find attractive in females so um i know what my sort of type is or whatever but um you know when people show pictures of female bodybuilders. She's she's too lean um, or she's too muscular. And I still see a lot of femininity there now. And I don't know if that would have been the case, um, you know, really before I really got into bodybuilding. Do you know what I mean?
0: 100% agree. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. You – yeah, because – and a part of that's because you've seen the, the very extreme end of the spectrum. So anything – you know, anything like your, your really, really big female bodybuilders might be extreme, but some of your women's physique and smaller bodybuilders that the general public would find way too aggressive. You're like, oh, that's nothing. That's tame. You know what I mean? It's not mm. to you. It's, and, and you understand, uh, you know, you, you understand what goes into it. And I think you made a good point about, um, you view people differently. Like if you, if you lined up You know, if you lined up 10 people and like 10 men, if they, you know, assuming that they were attracted to women and you lined up 10 women and you would probably get a different response from taking five guys that were bodybuilders or five guys that were fit and put a lot into their lifestyle versus five that didn't. And you would get a different, you'd get a totally different response in terms of what's attractive. Like I, like, you know... (laughs) I joke about it because I'm I'm married, right? But I joke about it with with my wife. I said like some of these girls that in public that wear these yoga pants stuff. I'm like, you know, I said, you know, that girl's ass looks like the surface of the moon underneath those pants. Like it's not, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't. It's not like, you know, it, it's because I mean I think it's a, I think it's a confidence thing, and I think it's also just like like I said, people relate to other people that are kind of on the same uh same level or same playing field you know like a guy that doesn't work out he might find a woman that's a little bit softer and just you know not muscular or not fit because he's not going to relate to someone that
0: is physically so like attracts like we're sort of saying here
1: joe you pointed out that uh you were saying there are certain attributes that women might look for in a man. Little, i don 't know genetically uh, sort of strength or you know uh, the, the ability to pro- provide or something like this, so if you go along those lines, you say, what I see in a female a trained female physique tells me a lot about that person 's attributes yeah. and I think that that 's often a, a an attraction factor right Out, even outside of bodybuilding other i mean men are of higher value as they age, right? Mm-hmm. Because they are financially more secure. Um, they, basically, they have more. And uh, women typically are seen as lower value as they age, right? Because they're valued. I'm not saying they're rightly valued, but they're valued on beauty, right? Looks. So youth and beauty. Uh, so a woman is of highest value, should we say, when she's younger. And a man is of highest value when he's older, a 20 year old guy, not interested. He doesn't have anything. And you know, it's this kind of uh way of thinking. What, what about the, and I wouldn't say this is always normal, but what
2: about, because you you're talking, I think you're talking about a difference between a life partner and a sexual partner though, you know, like a life partner, you're going to look for those attributes, right? The stability and being able to provide. Right. But what about, and I don't know if this is, it's probably not a new thing, but there's also kind of that phenomenon of older women being attracted to younger men.
1: I was going to talk a little bit about, about this because um, there's this hormonal, um, uh, there's, a, there's this real interesting study. I think it was on uh, strippers. <laughs> And um, it, was about, it was about how much they got paid. And they were also uh, rating uh, basically how men found them attractive. And um, when they were on their hormonal cycle, they were not getting anywhere near as much money. And um, right before their hormonal cycle or whenever they were most fertile, um, they were at their most attractive to men.
0: I think I've seen a bit of this I think I think attraction peaks at the ov- ovulatory phase something like that when yeah. high, when the rate of th- estrogen to progesterone is the furthest apart
1: yeah and some men would describe that they could almost smell it you know they they could smell this estrogenic peak mm. um and it, I th- I think it was really interesting because it was an idea that you would um pick uh sexual partners differently depending on your hormonal balance and yeah. this was all around the contraceptive pill and divorce and it was like you come yeah. off the pill
0: yes because was- if you
1: come off if you come off the pill there's a yeah. there's a there's a genuine chance of divorce in a marriage because the partner that you chose while you were on the pill you were you were influenced by the pill and you come off it and you might not find that person attractive
0: anymore. Yeah, this is very applicable to men listening that use androgens as well. <laughs> wow. yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, let's put it this way, right? Most women that take a progestin-only pill, that's just like you being on a deco-only cycle for your whole life and then coming off it. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's same parent hormone. If we, if we mm-hmm. want to be really critical, like just running a 19-norandrogen for, yeah uh, it's, uh, you, you shouldn't
2: you shouldn't there's there's certain times you should never make decisions um when it comes to partners when you're horny or when you're on cycle like well and those two things go hand in hand so it's so
0: pop him when you're hungry
2: yeah it's like you, you
0: shouldn't shit you
2: don't you, need <laughs> right yeah it's uh, but that's but yeah the the hormone bit is Is definitely true. You know, it goes both ways, and I think it's. I think with a woman too, um, a man can also detect. There's a prowess about them, right? Because if they're they're typically around ovulation time, you know, they're typically going to be a little more. I don't know, aggressive or a little more uh, putting off that vibe, if you will, you know. So it's. There's there's a reason that it's like that for sure, Um, but yeah, that's an interesting study. Uh, and it's, and I mean, it can happen even without contraceptive. I mean, it can happen over the course of a long relationship to just hormonal changes, right? Just over the course of, uh, course of time, um, just with natural decline in hormones. And I mean, I see it, I see it on a regular basis. I'll give you a perfect example. So I have a client that is, we'll say female and She's having hormonal issues, some kind of hormonal imbalance, right? She's, and this is body comp aside. Um, we're not talking about proven of body composition, but we correct those things. We work on those things. She corrects them. Her, now her entire demeanor and her prowess and her mojo, if you will, is different. And two months later, she's stressed out in her update because she's having issues with her spouse. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, and then if you add body composition change into that, it makes it even, it can make it even more problematic. I mean, I don't know if you guys have ever seen it, but I've definitely run into it with clients over a long period of time is um, improving their body composition, also improving their confidence and improving their hormone profile improves their, uh, their sexuality and their sexual desire. But if you don't match that with their partner and their partner stays the same, then you have a problem.
0: Yeah, of course. I put these all under the umbrella of allostatic load. So the total amount of stress from every single contributor and, you know, your partner and your relationship is a huge part of that because, you know, here. here's a real basic example. I know you will have seen for your consults, Austin's like where, one partner starting to look better, feel better, maybe want to be more sexually active and the other one resents them because they are not feeling the same. And then they act negatively towards them and it exacerbates the issue. Yeah, right.
2: Exactly. And that's what I'm talking about. You know, it's not and if you you know if you have if they're in a situation when they're in a long-term relationship like marriage and they're maybe of middle age and they've already established like they've already established their life together. They have, you know, finances together. They have a home they have, maybe they have children, whatever, like you're talking about a pretty big problem, mm. right? They it's uh, that, that is quite a, quite a problem because it, you know, a lot of the time, what happens is the partners, they kind of age, together right let's say your average person that does not exercise and does not partake in any type of nutritional protocol or not doesn't really take care of themselves nutritionally they're both both partners will slowly become of worse body composition and of worse health and kind of simultaneously over time but if you have one that's just far in a far different place than the other I mean that's Going to be problematic
1: mm. so yeah. yeah you know i think we, and it's important i think for uh the demographic that, that are listening um because it will be them in this scenario is that when you change the dynamic in the relationship that is the onus is on you there you mm-hmm. to get resentful at your partner for not changing with you so if i decide i'm going to go into contest prep Right, I'm I'm changing the dynamic of the relationship in several ways, and actually, you know, first of all, you know, you need your partner's understanding and agreement before you you know you do anything like that, and then you certainly can't get uh, resentful um, that they're struggling, you know, with with that dramatic change. If you're gonna change your hormonal profile dramatically, increase your sex drive dramatically, and your partner's not doing the same. And you know, this that's you that did that, right? You can't, you can't put that on on them. They're not the right person for me. You've the circumstances, if you change them back again, you know, it'd be exactly the right partner for you again. Right. Yeah. that That is right for
2: sure. Yep.
0: I think it swings both ways as well, because there's probably people that heard what you just said and thought I'm natural. So, you know, um, It doesn't matter to me because I'm not changing my hormonal profile.
1: You are if you do a natural contest prep.
0: Exactly. You're going to drop
1: your testosterone levels down to zero.
0: Yes. So rather than hyper going that, you'd be hypo. And if anything is going to harm your relationship with your partner, even so, because they'll start thinking, why doesn't he want to have sex with me? Do you not find me attractive anymore? You know, the onus is absolutely on you to communicate properly and not, be a bitch about it, essentially. Yeah.
1: Have you ever taken uh, Letrozole? Either of you? You're probably too smart. Uh, yeah. You I, mean you're just talking about generally like crashing estradiol Yeah. Uh, with my experience with with Letrozole is that I had zero interest. Oh yeah. yeah you could, I could t- have done it. No, I put it absolutely no interest
2: so i've been on i've been on both ends of the spectrum i've been you know and i joe probably has too been hype hype uh shit i've been clinically hypogonadal right and prescribed testosterone so i've seen that end of the spectrum where it was literally lack of desire but also almost an impossibility to perform if i wanted to <laughs> and you know and then and also the other end where it's been just very high, you know, drive and did really match the partner, and then also, yeah. I've definitely uh, crashed at estrogen levels before, and um, that that makes it not only difficult, the lack of desire, but also just you know pretty much impossible to perform at all. Um, you have a lot of things that go on there. I mean, if you start, you understand too, like just even. Sometimes the drive is there, but sometimes you start messing with hormonal profile. There can be other weird things that go on, like um difficulty climaxing. How many guys have had that? You know, where they they can maintain and they can go and go and go, and then they can't climax and then their partner gets mad.
1: that's probably a good point to because we just talked about two points there, which is loss of sex drive by crashing E2. And uh, not being able to climax. So why not elaborate a little bit um, on what's going on there? And because uh, some people might be out there f- thinking, fucking hell, that's exactly how I feel. <laughs> and maybe maybe we can uh, we can highlight what they're doing that's causing that.
0: Yeah, so yeah. Orgasm, orgasm and the refractory period is a dopaminogenic pathway Ooh. stimulation issue. Um, the most part i mean it can be downstream so many this reservation um for example you take a a drug clinically um like austinx cabergoline has been used to lengthen that refractory period so that's time after climax before you can go again um same pathway Uh, generally looking down the road of hormonal imbalances it's not necessarily more is better which is pretty interesting it's like how sex drive can fall with the more testosterone that you use despite primary sex hormones being both androgens and estrogens moving up, both of which have responsibilities in libido. Um, it's about a relative balance. I mean, how many times do you yeah. do your clients say, my sex drive is so much better on like cruise doses, TRT doses? Yeah. Just because generally that ratio, the ratio isn't one to one it doesn't like they don't climb together, you know, androgens and estrogens going to get further away from each other. Obviously, depending on the compound you use and how it transcribes anabolic androgenic and estrogenic effects, I'm just talking about testosterone only. There's going to be a ratio. Again, why some people will have a much better sex drive on maybe 100 to 200 milligrams of test and then just primo on top or just an androlone or something that's more tissue selective. And then some guys can just run tests through the roof, and would have sexual dysfunction the other way. It's, yeah. you know, it's highly into individual. What level of stimulation you get on which pathway downstream, how you metabolize each metabolite, as in amounts of specific enzymes like three alpha hydroxysteroid or CYP, is it three A four? Using morals, um, that's going to result in a certain amount of. Um, metabolites that will either be, you know, they can even be catabolic in, in some circumstances, like nandrolone is an interesting one, where some, some interaction with the progesterone receptor, if not bound at the androgen receptor and can cross-bind, could be antiandrogenic. So there you go, there's one way. No, that was a bit complicated, but basically, <laughs> there's, if you are an exogenous hormone user, there's gonna be a certain amount of pathway regulation that you're gonna to have to keep a tight watch on another reason not to just make large swings in either direction, I think.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's, you know, just from, from a really, kind of simplify that down too, so you talk about androgen-estrogen ratios, which we've talked about on here countless times. Um, A lot of the time, a lot of the time, essentially what we're seeing is people, they try to manipulate um their androgens up and they also fail to realize that that should in a lot of cases mean that your your estrogen ratio needs to go up yeah to match so a lot of the time when that gap gets too big that's when you're going to run into issues right so it's not simply it's not just simply low estrogen or estradiol if you were to have lab work done it might not necessarily manifest in that number but if your test level is five thousand and your estrogens, you know, in, a, in forty or fifty, I know you guys have different units of measurement, but uh, the the gap is just too big uh, and the ratio is off. So it can be, again, like Joe said, it can be a lot of downstream things, and then it can also just be a not necessarily a total number, um, but the ratio. So that's why we try to. Talk about um, letting you know, letting yourself aromatize or letting yourself maintain a normal of an estrogen ratio to and- androgens as possible without manipulating it too much. Um, but also, you know what else comes into play there. And secondly, you know, becomes the psychological issue mm-hmm. is what, and a lot of people experience that they have that one, they have that one episode where. Something doesn't quite work right. They're not able to climax. They're not able to maintain erection, or whatever. You know, whatever happens, and then you run into um, psychological ED issues.
0: Yeah, that's those- the thing I think because I think a lot of the time people think a couple of things like they expect to have a libido problem almost subconsciously, and then they have it, and then immediately fuck something to do with my gear or oh, it's the, you know the how in right. you know, my test or something. When like. Honestly, I think 80, 90% of the time, it's nothing to do with your androgens in my experience. Yeah, like
2: like like we sit here, we sit here and talk about talked about that ratio or talked about potential issues, but that's not to say that it you have to be in like some super duper tight ratio to make it perfect. That's not it's it's not like that. It's but like I said, once you have one bad experience or you get it into your head that there's a potential issue then you run into psychological ed and i i have this with clients like they'll they'll tell me they'll tell me there's a problem and i give them the kind of the litmus test is be like okay well go watch your favorite porn and tell me if you can get hard
0: yeah see yeah, what that's, happens that's a very common one they'll be like yeah I'm, you know that's fine but then you know when it's like well you haven't got a problem then
2: yeah right yeah. exactly i'm like i'm like it's not a i said it's not an androgen problem at that point It's not an ed problem it's a mm-hmm. In your head, problem. Mm. Yeah.
1: You know, uh, oh God, I, I don't know about f- four or five years ago, uh, one, of the, one of the labs knocked out uh, this combo pill and it was uh, sealous. And I want to say depoxetine, which is like, it's yeah. probably a pain, ki- right? It's probably a painkiller and it. it has a, a quite a profound numbing effect. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I remember this, Tom, because it was a UK lab. I, I right. Remember.
1: Yeah, and the thing thing was, you'd, you'd you'd have it up for as I don't know for as long as you wanted to have it up, really, but no one could fucking finish. Really? <laughs> and uh, it, it was it was just I think it was altogether <laughs> too much. Yeah, I mean, you for I think for the average guy who um, you know, it, it's not necessarily a bad idea for um, you know somebody who's you know, uh, not a performance-enhanced athlete, or something like this. Um, but I think the combination of that with, uh, you know, all of the androgens and everything like that, it was it was just catastrophic. But I actually have a funny story about that because uh, I, gave, I gave a friend of mine. He had a, a date, and he it was he was going on holiday with her as as the first date, and he he was saving himself, so he was really really horny. And before he flew out, he thought, I'll oh, take a seal. Oh, no. Before he got on the plane. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> he couldn't get it down. It, it was up. He had to go through air, so, airport security with it tucked into his waistband. Yeah. And then he got on the plane. And you know, when you've booked flight tickets, but it, they're cheap ones <laughs> and you don't get sat together. Yeah, so, yeah. He was, he was sat between two children. Fuck right for the and it, it was up for the entire flight he couldn't get it down and he had to go through passport control on the other side with it up as well and uh it, i i couldn't i was he married her now uh the same girl so it obviously went all right in the end but, oh, it must have been hell of a night <laughs> can you imagine how much you'd be shitting yourself about setting off the um the, the metal detector you have to put your hands over your head and get oh my oh my god <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: but, <laughs> yeah.
0: so I'd be, think, go ahead. I just, I'd say, I've I had this with one client recently, which was fresh from the brain. He got in his head that he had this, that it was because he was running too much tests. But again, similar thing, it was just like when I'm with my partner, but at other times I'm fine. And he said, but now he's in this thing where he's like, if I take five milligrams of Cialis, I'm fine, but if I don't, nothing. Yeah, but you're preempting that now, you know. So I'd be careful to right. drug reliant. It's quite easy to fall down that road, as in, you know, I can't perform unless I take X. You know, yeah. yeah.
1: Wouldn't you just advise him to lower his test in that circumstance if he's got
0: a psychological this is a, this is a, a problem in and of itself in that I said that and he was unwilling to do that. Um because what Austin was saying was the same
1: thing effectively is that some guys are running so much tests that they need to start taking uh, estrogen management right. product and they're lowering their estrogen you know to the extent that, oh yeah okay they're not getting side effects, but it's so low that they' it's ruining their sex drive and making them feel like shit
0: right, so we could i what I would like to do ultimately, and anybody that gets estrogenic symptoms would be to pull back to a TRT dose and, and re-correct the stack design, whether that be making it to that same level of test with a DHT derivative in place or use something alongside that's maybe more anabolic, less estrogenic, like, um, you know, Primo or Nanjolin or whatever it may be. But, you know, this individual was like, no, 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 I want to, you know, he was unwilling to pull the test down because he wanted to make them gains, baby. So kind of stuck in a rock and a half you know, I'm sure there are bodybuilders out there that have given up entirely
1: on sex for their bodybuilding goals, right? Yeah. Whether it's just a physical disability at that stage. You know, some, some guys that are five foot, four, 300 pounds, I don't think they're doing too well in the bedroom, you know?
0: I've never thought about that. That's a really good point.
1: Yeah, but I I try to get the point across
2: too is that, you know, and, and we, we talk about is, you know, if... It, chances are if every body system's working the way it should be you're probably going to make better progress anyhow so i kind of try to i kind of try to pitch it like that because whether that's entirely true or not when it comes to libido you know but at the same time it's a it's an issue with their well-being right i mean
0: 100 percent.
2: libido is you know, such a good indicator of health yeah it is it is i i think it's A good indicator of health, um, and also just a good indicator of overall, you know, overall well-being. And and we've we've all seen it. A person that is confident, has good well-being, has good libido, all these things, though that is somebody that is gonna be less stressed, that is somebody that's going to be um potentially just more successful um their in their bodybuilding. So
1: absolutely you know, you know when, when you're in prep and your body's chronically stressed and you're and you have a two-day carb refeed you know so yeah. much cortisol dissipates You feels so, like your libido rushes back right you know, yeah it's cr- like crazy you know it's like I uh, had nothing kind of like not even idea, an idea <laughs> you know this this stuff doesn't interest you for a fortnight or three weeks or something and then uh you know a couple of days of of, of carbs and you know it's almost like
0: it's normal no- you know well isn't it it's so novel when that happens like, yeah i'm horny <laughs> you know? wow.
1: yeah. Yeah. they think they
2: yeah they think uh they think the rice the uh, cereal
1: that they had fixed their erectile dysfunction <laughs> yeah <exactly. laughs> that would be an unusual association to form
0: it would be unusual. I can
1: only, I can, I can only get it up if I have a bowl of Rice Krispies. Well,
0: forget that Doctor Kellogg, if he was a doctor, would not actually invented cereal to abstain from masturbation. Do you know what? That is true. I've read that. That's the irony. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's funny. That's true. Yeah, it, I think I believe it started with with cornflakes, didn't it? It was something to do other than beat one off, eat cereal, I suppose. What an odd correlation of ideas. I, I, th-
1: I think it was more that the that corn was fairly neutral and yeah. didn't promote sexual desire like red meat would or something like that.
0: Right, okay. Do you know what? But, there's more rather eat cereal than have sex, to be honest. <laughs> you know, it's, they might give you
2: similar amount of pleasure, but the cereal lasts a little bit longer. Yeah. I don't
1: see why you can't always have both. Yeah, well, cereal afterwards, right, or before? <laughs> I don't know. I I think afterwards. You yeah, know, I think other
0: so. Films always have a cigarette after it. What does the bodybuilder
1: do? Has mixing bowl full of Cheerios. Yeah, <laughs> you need it's it because otherwise you go catabolic. Right. You
2: might need an intra workout. You know. Yeah, a bit,
1: bit of a sneaky bit of beef jerky to chew on while you're doing it.
2: Yeah, kind of just stick it in the uh, stick it in your gums and pull the the salt out of it for electrolytes. Yeah, man.
0: There's been yeah. there's been times that I have not done cardio because I feel like I've expended so much energy. I'm not going to lie. Wow. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, it, can, it could definitely. That was about like, half an hour, and that was some pretty high effort work. I don't think I'll do the cardio.
1: The, uh, the, thing, the thing that I think is probably quite unique for bodybuilders is um, if you try and have sex on leg day, the variety of cramps that you can achieve. <laughs> I wonder, it
2: would be interesting to see uh, how many calories it actually burns simply because of the the elevation in heart rate, the adrenaline that's dumping, the how much free fatty acid release do you get during sex?
0: A lot. I would imagine it has to be.
1: So you know the average duration of human sexual intercourse? It can't be very long. Can't be. To my, I'm gonna I'm gonna Google it because it'll be more up to date. Well. The average time ranges from 33 seconds to 44 minutes.
0: 33 seconds. That's disappointing. Imagine imagine being that go.
1: I'm not, I'm not sure if this is, this is actually correct. It's from, it came up on Google first, but it's from the business insider. The median is 5.4 minutes. So if you were following Tabata principle,
0: (laughs) you could expend,
1: you could expend a reasonable amount of calories. Yeah. So you, so in other words, you have to go 20 seconds on
2: and at then, on your, maximum and then output yeah. <laughs> go, go 20 seconds in missionary at maximum output and then roll over on your back and go
1: 40 and, uh, while you're on bottom and then switch back over. No, I thought Tabata was 10 seconds off, 20 seconds on, 10 10? seconds off. Yeah. And you do it for eight sets. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. You could achieve that.
0: Yeah on the subject of libido i remember we had um shit i forget his second name carl regard the guard of superhuman radio oh yeah um carl lenore carl lenore yeah a legend
2: he, he's big on he's big on libido and
0: yes. ejaculation uh, yes. but actually <laughs> so good, a good ba- topic today up, he backs it up with some good literature Yes, he does. Yeah. I was gonna say he posted something not too long ago that led me to read the study on a drastic reduction in prostate cancer outcomes from yep. the ejaculation, because I've got a history of prostate cancer in my family. So I thought, let me check this out. I thought, mm, I might have was it a it was it a correlation study or what, how did they design it? I don't I know. remember. This was because this was immediately after we had him on a podcast, and I was looking at it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> To be honest, I listened to Superhuman Radio like twice, and there was too many adverts. I didn't listen to it again. But he I
2: said, think- uh, what was it? I, the other day, the other day, he was posting about or, or um, nasal peptides nasally. Like, uh,
0: uh, in, it's going to be melanotan because you
2: can drive. No, 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 no. He has the melanotan through nasal spray, but he also had the the PT 141.
0: Yeah, that's the melanotan sub uh, whatever they yeah, use.
2: yeah, yeah. So it's is that a, is that the same as like the pde5 inhibitor or whatever the fuck it is is that what it is
0: i think is the is the compound msh or something like that Milanicortin- yeah, i'm not
2: sure i'm Milan- looking protein. i'm looking right now because i don't know the actual the actual uh mechanism for it
0: i think it's the melanocortin receptor driving no melanocyte Milan- yeah stimulating hormone i'm sure it's that driven by the gland. Yep. It was so
2: it's just, yeah, melanocortin based peptide that can
0: address problems with sexual dysfunction. So, yeah, because it drives, um, is it alpha? Oh, let me remember this. Alpha um, melanocyte stimulating hormone is secreted on the HPG axis in the hypothalamus. Of course, that yeah, just, yeah. Just,
2: I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's it. And that's it's also similar to what melanotin does in and yeah, of itself
0: contains pt141 it's a right train. yeah
2: exactly so it's not right so you're basically just isolating you know isolating that peptide but um but yeah he's doing it nasally um and then there was a couple of people commenting about how they were giving it to their wives too and their wives were having like walking
0: orgasms oh man melanotin in females. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, melanotan is, I think, the only thing that you can take as an adult male which will cause involuntary erections. Yeah, right, just completely
2: random, like no arousal.
0: I I still uh, take melanotan every day in a very small dose. Um, I and, use 100, 100 <laughs> micrograms, and sometimes, you know, when you, and I do it before bed, and I wake up, and I'm like, oh, fucking hell. Sometimes I have it for about 15 minutes, and Jack is going, Come on, we got to get Hunter out. I have got this call at ten. I'm looking at the thing, like uh, looking at the thing, looking Should, at the clock. Do you it, not need to piss? So you have. Oh well, this is it. So not like, I'm desperate for a piss, but I know I can't go.
2: Right. Have just, you have to get in the shower. Oh yeah. Well, I a yeah.
0: shower before bed though. Uh, okay. Well,
2: you just have to. You just have to, to piss in the shower and then rinse it down because I mean you can't you can hardly get on the toilet
1: right <laughs> yeah You'd be, you you need to move from bodybuilding to calisthenics if you're gonna yeah. if you're gonna start doing that piss like that <laughs> uh,
0: it's yeah that every single morning you wake up and you know you already know oh fuck
2: yes yeah, so it's uh, that combination of
1: melanotan and some good REM sleep before you wake up yeah uh, i mean it's, it's a good sign to wake up like that but not to stay for 15 minutes
0: that would be inconvenient Tom, I, I posted to if you've about done that it. the other day. I had a um a deep sleep PB last night. Oh yeah, I want to right. know. I want to know if if either of you have beat this percentage. I've, oh PB, what was it? Forty one percent. How many minutes was that? Um, that was a to, lot. I haven't got my phone. I'll I'll screenshot it to you. But I had about. Uh, eight hours 35 sleep last night total sleep that's
1: a, my i normally i normally look at the amount of time i've been in a deep sleep and when i'm good i normally break two hours yeah um and that'll be off about eight and a half hours sleep so yeah, you probably say about 25 percent be sort that, that, of top end for me
0: the the real sort of minimum people should be looking at is about 10 15 actually has very good outcomes in the literature. So if you're hitting 20 and above, then that's very good. Yeah.
1: Well I'm not I'm not at the moment yeah. for some reason, but <laughs> comes and comes and goes that one, that deep sleep. As you say, I think the, the measurements, um you know as an enhanced athlete, I think that sometimes yeah. Yeah. you are unable to register deep sleep in the way that aura measures it. Yeah, for sure. Because it, it... I'll I'll have like forty five percent REM sleep and three percent deep sleep. So I did not have this.
0: Yeah, if you're using anything that prevents a rapid drop, yeah. then you're gonna struggle. Yeah, we were talking about libido. Yeah, see, I I tend to do. Oh yeah, what we was were it?
1: talking about we were talking about libido. We were getting on some fun stuff, really, which was. The things that you might encounter um, that boost performance, boost libido. So, Austin, you said uh, now, what was it? It was about uh, it was about the load, wasn't it? Is this is this like Clomid? I heard Clomid's supposed to be a porn star drug.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, Clomid, Clomid, and HCG together will make it definitely will
0: make city- it bigger, but you know what they're like? They drive genesis. Well, they're going to drive yeah, sp- they, genesis, so spermogenesis. Yeah. To a giant load then. Yeah, but probably not.
2: That's better. why you're getting into, you know, if you're increasing like luteinizing hormone, right. And follicle stimulating hormone, you're going to get, it's yeah, that's going to, but it's a weird, <laughs> this isn't exactly libido related, but this is a weird thing that I've run into and you guys can comment on it too, about because you mentioned HCG is I've had, and this isn't, you know, people can do whatever they want, right? But I've had people that have been very adamant about using it for aesthetic purposes. Like it's bothered them so much because they've had testicular atrophy. And (laughs) to me, like to me, it's a weird thing. I I never, never even crossed my mind ever.
1: I you know what I I haven't noticed if I've had that so either I started off with with small balls or um, <laughs> I I think they've always always been the same size yeah I don't, I, I don't think they're unusually small so I, I don't I assumed that this was something that happened to everybody yeah uh, I don't know I
2: I have, like personally I haven't noticed it. I haven't noticed it much either, but I'll I'll give you a funny uh, funny story. I won't go into it entirely, but I had an exam. I had an exam that required a testicular exam, and the doctor literally said he knew I was on TRT. I'd been prescribed for years, and he said he commented on the atrophy of my testicles, and I'm like, I didn't even. Pay attention. I just thought it was hilarious. Just I probably just makes it look bigger. Yeah, that's That's what I thought.
1: (laughs) We're were all about the illusion, small small waist.
2: And I I made I made a comment about it. I was like, "Well, that's that's good because my adductors are really big." And I don't think he understood what I was talking about.
1: Do you know what? We I went to a different gym to train (laughs) legs, and uh, the adductor machine was like one of those dentist chairs. It, you were kicked right back, and your legs were up in some spirit. That's if you've got a decent pair of adductors or a decent pair of legs, you can't complete your repetition because it's it spreads you so wide, you, your balls drop down, and then on the concentric <laughs> portion of the movement, you crush them. Yeah, I mean, my pain tolerance is high, and you like, I I do think that you need to bring a certain intensity to your sets, but. I don't know about it that. Smash your balls. Yeah. Come on, one more. That's fucking hilarious. Yeah. So
2: now everyone knows about my testicular atrophy. That's great.
1: I I think everybody would assume that we all have this issue. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I just uh I just find that funny when people are
2: they're very adamant about it, like the the aesthetic part of it and, and I like yeah, you can do it; it'll help. But I've never—it <laughs> never was anything that I really thought about.
1: No, me either. Me either. That's really funny that you bring that up. Yeah. Right.
2: But yeah, I mean, libido. I think we talked about some of the main points, like just—I think understanding understanding the difference between when androgens are high and when they're not. And uh, I know it's easier said than done, but making making the right decisions sexually when it comes to those things because (laughs) there's probably people that have really poor decision making um you got to think there's a couple of all thing of all driving forces for decision making there's emotion you know emotional decision making being you know having high libido or or being horny and then also compulsive things like people that have um, people that have addictions that are like uh, dopamine driven right something like that so yeah. so I think that's important for people to understand um, the differences and like you said not not uh, putting their sexual partners or their partners in any type of position that's going to make them feel guilty or feel yeah. bad yeah. absolutely. I think that's absolutely. a good point. I think it's, that's, that is really important. Um, because it's not, as you said, it's not something that their partner did. It's something that they did, you know, voluntarily.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, uh, I think also what's been good to cover is like just how situational, uh, a lot of the, the libido stuff is, Um, you know, the, the particular circumstances of, um, yeah, it could be drug use, it could be dieting, it could be stress, you know, all all these different circumstances, you can present yourself with a situation where on paper things probably should work, but psychologically, um, or for whatever reason, this is not your body's priority or, you know, you just don't have the interest, right? Yeah yeah it is it's
2: and and then you know it like like we'd mentioned i think it just takes it it just takes that one that one bad experience and then it it can be hard to rally back from that because you go into the you know you go into every situation expecting it to not work the way that it should
1: I I I had a bit of a bad experience but it, I suppose the outcome was was good from a legal perspective. Um <laughs> do, do you do you Joe do you remember uh in 2018 um I had a show in Austria mm. and I can't I can't remember if I told you because I, I called you and um uh, I think I was about two hours before I was going on stage and we were going to go and do all the pump up stuff and i take some sodium and this and, and a Viagra and um, mm. I hadn't been for my tan. <laughs> and, and they were running behind. So yeah. they were tanning us in groups and they put classic physique with bikini girls. So I went into, <laughs> I just popped a, a Viagra, and I went into um, to be tanned, and there was three naked bikini girls. Oh my in my Yeah, and I, 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 I fuck. oh fuck. <laughs> but oh, because of the circumstances of dehydration and just being really fucked from the prep, nothing. Yeah, not not even a tingle. So, as I say, from a legal perspective. It went quite well, but you could think psychologically, you know, you think oh, you'd had a Viagra. You'd, you'd expect something would have happened, right?
0: Well, it's not local, is it? It's, it's just peripheral blood flow increase.
1: You'd have thought I'd have fixated on it a bit, though, wouldn't you?
0: Yeah, you would have. Well, <laughs> if you're off season, if it was now, you might look and be like, oof, you know? Yeah, again, it, was,
1: it was an awkward moment.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. What did you do? Did you just stand there? Like, trust me, I'm not bothered.
1: I, do you know what? I had a tan, and the bodybuilding tan spray is quite cold anyway. Yeah. So I think I think it just kind of withered away into what, Austin, this is a British term you might not know, Pilly Willy.
0: Yeah, hey, have you heard that, Austin?
1: Well, ha, say it again. <laughs> uh, Pilly Willy. It's- Pilly Willy? yeah it's when you've (laughs) taken an ecstasy tablet i imagine um and your your penis shrivels up and pretty much retreats into your body (laughs) like it's afraid which is usually combined with generally feeling really horny so it's, it's quite an awkward combination yeah no i haven't heard the uh i haven't heard the term we're, in, we're introducing it to the american audience now guys pilly willy
0: i'd love to do yeah. a uh a podcast of Austin where we just go through like different slang english terminology and see yeah well we, well, we yeah. could do
2: we could go both ways we could do american slang and english slang in the podcast
0: i don't imagine there's a lot of in, um, american slang though there. there
2: is well there is more than you think simply because you you know you have to think we have so many subcultures within america like so many different regions and different accents and different cultures there's there'd be there'd probably be more more than you think i mean some of yours what's that
0: give us a little example of some of yours
2: oh there isn't much where i live because i'm in the mid i'm like midwest area which is just normal (laughs) we're just uh like I said, I don't even think
0: I have an accent. Well, compared to me, you do. Tom, I've got no idea what your accent <laughs> <opinion> is now.
1: <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I spend a lot of time with German-speaking people at the moment. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm from, I'm from Manchester originally.
0: Yeah, and, um, Don't it, sound Union in the slightest.
1: No, but that's because um, I'm uh, quite naturally good at, at mimicry. So one of the human characteristics or behaviors that's fairly unconscious is um when you're um different, you start mimicking others around you, I guess, you know to to fit in more, right? <clears throat> it's never good to be an outsider, and you know, from primitive times. so uh yeah, I'm quite good at um unconsciously picking up the the local accent. Um, but then it all sort of merges together. I don't even know where it is now, but if I went back to Manchester after a couple of weeks, I'd be all like, you all right? Where you off? <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, uh,
2: there's a couple different TV shows that my wife had watched. There was actors that were um, English, and they were playing American roles, and they... It was amazing they were able, they they said they basically stayed in American character or American accent the whole entire time. And then after they were done with the role, they found themselves talking like that.
0: Yeah. Austin, it was kind of interesting. Green Street. What's that? Have you seen Green Street? I don't think so. Is <laughs> That's not
1: a good example of British. No, I culture, no, I say, so yeah.
0: no it's a fucking shit. I was going to say about um, the American bloke that, um, I forget his name, super famous actor, that he plays an English, English guy amongst real English people, and it's ridiculous.
2: Green Street?
0: Yeah, it's like football hooligan film. I'm going to
2: look at it. I'm looking it up. It's, uh, it's a TV show,
0: you said? Film. Or a movie. It's Elijah Woods. Yeah, Elijah Woods in it. What? It's, oh, yeah. it's, it's,
1: it's Bilbo, Frodo. Here. Yeah, I see
0: it. Who's the American in it? But like, um Elijah
1: Wood, isn't it? And he played it's Elijah Wood and Charlie Hunnam are the the two um lead actors.
0: Yeah. All I can remember is one of the lead actors being American, Sounds <laughs> ridiculous trying to do an English accent. You? <laughs> when you uh, put an American amongst actual
2: English people. They uh well the one the one particular uh show that i'm thinking of the character was playing his accent his american accent was like an inner city like thug type of accent like a ghetto accent and he did it pretty well like it was i wouldn't have really i i didn't have any idea until until she told me but but like I said, there's a, there is a huge difference, in, a huge difference in accents just from even just going like ethnicities, different, you know, ethnicities, and also just like going from a city to, uh,
0: like a, a rural area mm. it can be different, but um, when me and jazz came over to visit, do you think that we've got different accents to each other or well, me and you?
1: yeah. yeah to each other. Nah, I don't. I didn't really recall it. Mm. I think you'd have to have for me to really notice. Now, I think you'd have to have something um, like uh, a Scots or a Geordie accent, Glaswegian. You know, where patterns of speech and dialects um, are in there as well as the accent. Otherwise, it, I don't really pay too much attention to it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, hmm. Right, boys, we've, we've um, gone a bit away from libido here, but about, these uh, chats, when we do these chats, people love these episodes, so. Uh, <laughs> hey, too. Should
2: should we, finish, should we finish with weird uh, alternative sexual lifestyles that bodybuilders like? That, like
0: I, I reckon to close it off, we should, we should end with a funny sex story. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of some funny sex stories. but It has to be a personal one. Just Up. yeah, I'm gonna put it all out there and just just give a funny one that happened to me. Yeah, um, all right, I'll try to. You, you already have one? You already I've, I've, of one. I've got some really fucking funny ones, but I'll give you one with with Jazz because I'm sure she wouldn't want me um <laughs> any, any past partners, right? So I'll give you a funny one. Uh, that time oh, that I measured that you him being. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, took, what
2: what did you take i can't remember how much it was like 200 milligrams
0: 275 <laughs> oh okay okay why did i not look at it on the spoon like fucking <laughs> anyway so like an hour later i was in bed like sweating but i had a hard-on that was so painful that i thought my dick was gonna blow up <laughs> and i thought i have to, no but it was like state of emergency i was like jazz I've got to to do something about this because I was genuinely afraid. It was like, either I'm going to die or a part of me is going to blow up. And so I was like, we're going to have to, we're going to have to just do it. We're going to have to have sex right now. And it was the weirdest, like I was somewhere between being extremely aroused and death. I was like, I was that close. I thought I was going to die. I genuinely thought I was going to die. Um, it,
1: sound, it sounds like you managed some kind of chemical autoerotic asphyxiation.
0: It, it was like, it was it, my heart, you could hear it. It was going like, bo, 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 bo. it was over 200. I was, uh, but I'd like, but then, so we had sex afterwards, no change. <laughs> Still, yeah. So we did it again, no change. I was like, right, I'm going to have to just fucking part with it. I made it through in the end, but seriously, I thought, I thought that was it. It was. Did you, like, put, did you put ice on it? I would have. That's no, why I asked. It wasn't hot.
1: I still I, think I would have put ice on it.
0: But I couldn't get out of bed, man. I couldn't. But really I couldn't not. move. I couldn't move. How many hours were you like that for? Like two, and then I sort of went outside and like walked around a bit. I suppose, I suppose the active life
1: is still the active life, isn't it? No matter what the dose.
0: Yeah, yeah. But
1: you'd, you'd, how bad did you feel afterwards? You feel like you'd had a, a drug <sighs> I went, experience. I
0: actually, I actually went and trained later that day, and I was fine. Oh, okay, just, just a crazy few hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, there's mine. Who's next? <laughs>
2: uh, I, I, don't even know if I have anything. I'm trying to think something
1: good that's okay. worth. Uh, I'll what? tell, I'll tell you one, but that, not particularly like P.E.D involved really but we used to have these uh award ceremonies back when i used to work um, in my previous career and you'd get free drinks and such like and you you you, you know you'd, you'd you'd get on with the girls and we all used to stay in a big a big hotel and uh i, I met this lovely italian lady for the evening and um she came back to my my bedroom and um we, st- we started to become like amorous, and you know when people kind of dramatically take off their clothing. <laughs> yeah. um, she dramatically pulled off her hair. <laughs> which, which was surprised to me, and I, I don't think I was on my like my A game because I'd had I was still drinking then, so I had a few. I'd had a few drinks, and I just sort of tipped her off the bed sideways onto the floor in fright. <laughs>
0: Oh, was she straight up bald? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my and, god!
1: That's... And I, I hadn't, I hadn't noticed. <laughs> maybe, I mean, maybe this is one of those situations where, in the light of day, when you're sober, <laughs> it's very, very obvious. But I hadn't noticed.
0: And she took her um, jacket off, and it was a bloke.
1: No, no. Um, but uh, that was the end of it to be honest. The, the evening didn't continue. I think I fell asleep after that. But oh, yeah. no, there was, there was not, actually, it was not a sex story. It's a...
0: Uh, somewhat, somewhat. Yeah, kind of. was a precursor. To Zoom, according to Zoom, we got less than a minute. So just like oh, that, Jesus. We'll All right, Tom, we'll, we'll say that's the end of that. If you ain't got anything good, Austin. We'll I do.
2: I do, but my wife would kill me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll, do, we'll, do that, we'll do that one privately. Then, then. You send me that. Yeah. Out. Just remind me. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Please check out the sponsors below. Let us know if you want Big Tom on. We can do Big Tom's Corner with some random sex chats. Um, And we'll see you guys next week. Thank you, as always, for listening. See you later.